Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with holistic guide, seasoned counselor, and relationship expert, Melanie Trapp. She has over 25 years of transformative experience that is dedicated to empowering women on their journey to authenticity and thriving relationships. She holds certifications as a certified hypnotist, master hypnotist, and hypnotherapist. With over 40 years of yogini dedication, she's also a 500-hour certified yoga instructor. She is passionate about sharing insights on personal development, relationships, and well-being. We get into quite a bit. It's refreshing. Enjoy this interview. Well, it's great to meet you. You've got so much that's going on, so many things that you've done in your life, and I want to begin everything in the oh, alpha here with, with what we lived through for the last three and a half years. How did okay. you get through the pandemic, and how did it change you? Okay. How did I get through? Well, living on beautiful Vancouver Island, I think most of the time I just spent with my partner, Joe, his name is Joe, and my brother, Larry, who was sometimes our incentive when it got rainy, we hiked. We went out in nature and we spent so much time out in nature. So for me, um, I got through it really easy. I think it was just, you know, by the grace of everyone, none of my family members got really sick or sick at all. A lot of them bypassed COVID completely. So we were very fortunate that way. So I don't live in a big city. We kept somewhat isolated. I do have three grandchildren. So two of them we couldn't see for a while, but eventually we said, let's just make a little pod, you know? (laughs) So we had time with them. It was, it was honestly, it was kind of like a beautiful time. You know, it, it was a really nice time. It was slowing down. I didn't have to travel. It was just really quiet. Um, out in nature from a.m. to p.m., we would go for five-hour bike rides, hikes, yeah. uh, spending camping in nature. Yeah. So it ended up being a really um, pleasant, really nice time. I loved yeah. it, actually. I think yeah. I loved it more. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I hear that from a lot of people. There are so many silver linings that went into it. I think life moves fast. I think it's good to slow down. And if you grab yeah. the right straws during that time, it can just make it that much better. Yeah. And we had just moved to just prior to uh, um, the COVID that we had just moved down to Victoria. We were from Mid-Island. And okay. so with setting up a house, it gave us lots of time to, you know, to unpack thousands of boxes and everything yeah. else like that. So yeah. yeah, it was it was really sweet. It was a sweet time. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get to the essence and core of what you do on a daily basis. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's career day. And one of the kids is curious and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them? Well, I would say a lot of people know how to ride a bicycle and they get taught how to ride a bicycle. And a lot of people get taught how to color in the lines and so on and so forth. So my job is sort of help people live life and how they can do that. And sometimes our little minds say, I'm afraid I'm going to fall off the bicycle. And what I would do is sort of teach your mind and how you can overcome it. And in absolute truth, I have a little, um, my granddaughter who's seven, okay, and she, sometimes when she falls down is one of the things that happens, she starts to cry, and she gets upset, and she gets scared. So I turned around and said, I said, sweetie, I said, Gamma will put you in a box, and you will never get hurt. Now, you can't play with your cousins and do anything, but you'll never get hurt, and you'll be so safe, and you will never, ever have to go through this again. And she looked at me, she's, 
Gamma, that's ridiculous. And out she went and played. <laughs> so I wish I could do that with adults sometimes. Yeah. You know, and so that's what I do is I help people overcome their own inner demons and challenges and sabotages and help them live their best life in many aspects. And that's sure. where I've learned how to do all this and love it and practice it in my own life. <laughs> so what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream? You know, to be absolutely honest, I don't even remember. <laughs> I think yeah. I've transformed and changed myself. Either that or I've got something going on in my brain. I'm not sure. But memory is like, I don't even know who I was then. Yeah. Like to be, you know, I look back and go, I don't even know if I was on the planet per se. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> yeah. compared to where I am now. Yeah. It's, I don't have that. I don't have that uh, link. I'm, I think I've evolved and changed so much that I don't even know who that person was in many phases of my, of my life yeah. as I went through a lot of the work that I had done and and the courses that I had taken and the travels and experiences that I've had. It's I've I've just like I think it drove my kids nuts in their teens. Like who's coming home now? Yeah. You know? So yeah. <laughs> changed so much. So yeah, that I couldn't even answer that. I have no clue. Zero clue. So let's find some definitives here. Where were you born and raised and what were some of the seeds that got put into you in your life that evolved into you helping others and feeling, because it's not like a regular job. I mean, you're really putting yourself out there. How did all of these seeds grow into who you are today? Well, I was born and raised in Victoria in a very simple family. We certainly had no wealth, we but we managed. I very loving parents, no alcohol, no drinking, a love for nature, an absolute love for nature. I mean, that's basically what we could afford. We did a lot of camping, walking, hiking out in nature. Um, naive, my father, I think, had a grade five education, and my mother was a little more than that, very simple-minded. And out of that simplicity, at the age of 15, I ended up getting married, which is unheard of nowadays, yeah. and got thrown into something that I had zero clue. It's kind of like, I don't know if you remember the old show, The Waltons Family, mm -hmm. and, and you live on this little farmstead, but you have no idea of what the world is like. Yeah. So it's kind of like, throw me into the pond and see if I can sink or swim. Yeah. And I had zero clue how to handle or or... Or I remember my sister even saying something, the fact that she got taken on her first date to a restaurant and there was all the knives and the forks. We never went to restaurants as kids. Yeah. And she said she had no clue what to do with all these utensils, yeah. you know. <laughs> and I remember I got a job at a bartend as a bartender, uh, as a cocktail waitress in my 18s when I was 18 or something at that time, 19. And someone asked for a screwdriver. Well, who's looking actually for a real <laughs> screwdriver? I had no idea. Yeah, so right. that kind of, I think, with being thrown into that. And I don't really believe that I swam. I survived. But I think part of me kind of left the planet to some yeah. idea. And out of that trauma, I guess you would call it a series of events that took place. Um, I would seek somehow help and support. And it just intrigued me. Like, yeah. wow, this just made sense. And, and I think for the first part, I was always told that I was the kind of person who was facing backwards on the cart as the horse was going forward. Yeah. So I don't think that for me, there was a an absolute desire to do this. I think I got thrown into it yeah. the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Totally just, just thrown into it. Yeah. And I think it's been an asset. Yeah. Like it's been a huge asset, but it was never a plan of mine. Yeah. 
So who's been a hero for you? Who's been an inspiration that's helped fuel who you are today? Oh, God. Henri McKinnon would be one for sure. He was a mentor for me. I worked for over 10 10, 15 years with him and became a group leader. And that was working a lot to do with the emotions. Prior to that was Alan Stibbard, who I took the Allendale School of Hypnosis. And I worked for, I'm going to, I'm not dating myself, a good 10 years on the mind and the unconscious and the subconscious and how it affects us. And then from there, I decided to work on the more spiritual aspect of it. And then I went to India and uh, Ramana Maharshi, although he's deceased, but I, Swami Valiananda, Ganesha, amazing teachers in the spiritual aspect of who we are and what we do. Um, and then of course, the physical, which I had amazing this, uh, when I took yoga, and then that prompted me to end up getting my yoga teacher training. And then, you know, I did martial arts, which I started understanding so many different things about our energy and stuff like that. I've done so much. They're all amazing teachers that have sort of uh, set me and I gravitated towards them. And it just sort of just kept moving me towards this path that I didn't necessarily choose consciously, but it chose me. That's what I would say. It chose me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, which I find refreshing that you almost don't remember a lot of the early years because you evolved so much. Do you yeah. believe that getting involved in these different disciplines and pushing yourself to different levels have, have has helped you evolve to this point where you're almost like an existentialist? You're in the now. Absolutely. <laughs> There's no question about it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and there was transitions towards that, which were very tough as well, because when I would see things so differently it didn't necessarily fit with the norm of the community that was around me, mm -hmm. you know, and relationships would part because yeah. of my viewpoint on things that would change. Um, and some stayed together and some was, you know, yeah, completely, totally different person. <laughs> right. In, yeah. Through phases too. Yeah. Like I'm not the same person I was when I was 50. I'm not the same person when I was 40, you know? So but, but but that seems to freak people out. To me, it seems natural to go through an evolution. You do change. But for a lot of people, there's this level of static that they want. But that just yeah. doesn't seem like it's human. If you got this one chance down here, you should try to become the best version, the best Maslow self-actualized version. I mean, don't you think? I mean, what, what, what do you think that fear is with people? Well, I know for myself, because I went through it on many different levels one of them was super close to my sister you know very very close to my sister and my role prior to a change is i was the black sheep in the family so i would always be the one that was in some kind of uh trauma or trouble and she could worry about me because her role was the caregiver and so as I started to see what I was doing and left, let go of some of those sabotages and that need for attention and all that kind of stuff made her she couldn't take that role anymore so our relationship shifted and i know i was really concerned because i just absolutely loved my sister and i didn't want the relationship to think so for the both of us thank god she did a lot of work herself is <laughs> that we evolved together no yeah. longer but it was a good i think a year so I, I understand that when we have those attachments to people you know loved ones and especially in relationship or whatever that fear will be my how much you have changed since I have changed. And sometimes 
we were there for that that role or that place, such as that was my sister. She had to get out of her role too. And that was hard for her. But I said, thank God we both did that together. We could see it and we could understand it. So she moved out of that role as well. And it took her years to be able to receive support from me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whereas she was always doing that for me. And in order to keep the relationship, I always had to have something going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now, Anybody that you find inspirational, who would you love to meet and talk to? Anybody alive right now? I don't know. Yeah. I don't have anybody okay. at this point that I could think of that I would. I've met um, uh, in India, John DeRyder, uh, Eckhart Tolle. We would all yeah. hang out in Tiruvannamalai and talk. And I was so blessed because that was before he got famous. And we yeah. would talk about spiritual, you know, uh, becoming and, and all of this kind of stuff. I don't know. I have no, I don't have somebody in particular who I would say, yeah, I'd really like to meet you. Yeah, that's an answer in itself. So what is your motivation every day? You obviously are highly driven. You're helping people. That's your aim. What what gets you out of bed? What gets you to not only help others, but to evolve and become a better version of you? In all honesty, I think that we are part of this planet. And if we are not part of the solution, we are part of the problem. And I think in many ways, now that I'm even a grandmother and have grandkids, and I see these amazing little souls, and it's just like, if we could just let go of our garbage, we don't impose it on them. And our planet could be so much different. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just think if, if we could do our work, if we could do what we need to do, if we could heal, if we could transcend the limiting consciousness, that this whole planet could be a whole lot better. Like, yeah. seriously, people. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that's I what motivates me. It's just, it's hope. Yeah. You know, and it's also it's almost like why why wouldn't you do it? Right. I I I can't even fathom why you why this why not. <laughs> yeah. 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 So of all the people you've helped, what's one of your favorite success stories? Yeah, I'll tell you the best biggest one and it helped myself tremendously when I first started my practice. Um I was very careful. And this woman had come to me and she was wanting to actually kill herself, to be honest with you, that she was contemplating suicide. And I don't know what happened to me. It just kind of like, I let go of my mind and out came out this like, well, then let's do it. Let's just do it. You know, and I'm listening to myself talking and go, what am I saying? And then she left the office and I phoned my mentor and I said, oh my God, I've killed her. Like, I don't know what happened. It just came out of me. So yeah. just the same. Well, she called me back, gave me a dozen red roses the next day. And she says, do you know, that was the best thing that you ever said to me. Like it just woke her up. Wow. Out of that, I began to have a deep trust in letting go of my preconceived ideas. And it almost became speaking from a place that I was not just the speaker, but I was also the listener. Yeah. And it came from a place I, I, it's like we're artists. Like I see your beautiful artwork in the background oh, there. It's like, where does this come from? Like it just comes from a, a, a somewhere else that is not me per se. And, and that was an eye opener for me. And I began to trust that. So as much as I may have someone I've helped, I think every, the, every person has come to me has 
been on this journey to help me evolve as much as they're it's it's a it's not just me giving to them they are a great asset and gift to me and no sooner do i transform something in my life and guess who comes my way i just went through this and here's somebody here yeah and i had this really i have this belief system that sort of says like if i'm not stuck and i'm not willing to grow i will not get the people to come to me to help me grow does that mean because i'm i'm yeah. just becoming a preacher on a pulpit and i'm not yeah. there to do that yeah so i would say that was the very first the biggest one that yeah. that as much as it helped her i mean it saved a life but yeah. more enough it it opened me up to trust that what was coming from me even though there was times i'm going what are you there was two voices going on what are you talking about and i just learned to trust it yeah you know? there's definitely a symbiosis that goes on with communication in whatever way that we we want to slice it you know yeah. and you would figure in that it would be a one-way thing but it ended up being a whole different thing and both of you got what you what you needed out of it Absolutely. And it's always been that way. Like yeah. it's just been, uh, it's, it's kind of always been that way. And yeah. I remember when I went to India and the teacher Ganesha, he was the nephew of Ramana Maharshi. I don't know if any of your audience knows that, but a great sage in India who yeah. uh, did self-awareness and self-inquiry. And he said it, and I said the same thing is as much as I am the speaker, I am also the first listener. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I really have I like that a lot because that's what happens when you let go of your own and having worked with the mind for 10 years and you have to really let go of your own preconceived ideas of the way things should be and your own belief system that goes in there. We had to strip it all down. So there was nothing left. It's just consciousness, mm -hmm. you know, because otherwise we're funneling through this filter and imposing it upon another person. So I think that sort of helped to open up my mind even more so there was none of these limiting or preconceived ideas of reality and belief system. So, yeah, I so it's just a big, vast thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. I had a good friend of mine who's the godfather of my son tell me a while back that he, he lost his wife to cancer and he would go up to her hometown and hang out with the family. And it was stressful. And he told me the only way that he got over it was he would go in with no expectations. Yeah. None at all, you know, just stripped yeah. everything away. And I've thought about that more and more when you go into situations, just stop thinking what you want to have happen, what you think is going to happen. Like, because I've done that with travel, like I'm going to uh -huh. completely go in ignorant, you know, and just we'll just let life happen. And that's the exactly. beauty. Of it it is the beauty. That's the magic. Yeah, that's right. the absolute magic. And that's where uh, s things come in and you don't know what makes you turn to the left. Or what makes you go around this corner? You have no idea. I have never experienced so much magic. Like yeah. it's not even looking for magic. It's right. just like I every day I think there's something that just goes, oh wow. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just amazing. It's it's just it's total like it. I think you can hear it from me. I have no words to explain it. It's just yeah. so cool. It's yeah. so cool. That's the you beauty know? of being a human for sure. Um, yeah. So what are you the proudest of? Of everything that you've done and overcome and become in your life, what is it that you're the proudest of? My kids. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super proud of them. My, my daughter is, is uh, she's become a woman. I just like look at her. She's fun. She's intelligent. She's everything, you know? And it's just like, 
oh, she's just amazing. And my son is is just as amazing. They're both amazing parents. They're really cool. Now, they went through rough rides with me. I'm not going to say they didn't, you know. As I said, every time mom would come home from some week-long workshop or some other thing that she had done, like, who is this woman now? <laughs> but I also firmly believe is what we as parents heal within ourselves. We lift that burden off of our kids. Yeah. And I see the work that I have done has lifted that so they're not caught in that, that they have to heal it. Because I really think that the apple doesn't fall from the tree, not that the tree can't continually, you know, change in that, but then the children don't have to work through those issues that the parents did not work through. So yeah. I, I'm very proud of them. And then honestly, I can say I'm also proud of myself. Yeah. I'm I'm proud of myself that I that I did this and I and I've continued to do this, you know. Yeah. And and then I see how that reflects in the grandkids. Yeah. You know, like I can see right into their souls, you know, like they're yeah. just it's so beautiful. It is yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. So let's say we get off this call and a time machine pulls up in front of your house. You can go anywhere in history and see one event in human history with your own eyes. Where are you going? don't know i'm a weird duck you know i don't i i think maybe because i have practiced so hard being present here right now and i have felt what it's like not to be present yeah. you know and i have felt that i felt it physically when i'm not in my body and i'm not here now how horrible it is once i realize what it felt like to be present i just yeah. ooh, i don't like it yeah i don't have anywhere okay I'm oh. going to be really honest with that's you. Fine. I seriously don't. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's just right now. I mean, that that's that's answer enough, you know. I think that's been there for quite some time. I think something in India on my towards my last I was there for 10 years and sat many many satsangs and everything like that. And I just I did so much meditation, so much self-inquiry and then something just snapped inside of me. And it was like I'm done. Yeah. I'm yeah. finished. Everything I've I've been looking for, searching for, it's just like I'm done. Yeah. And yeah. there was such an inner contentment that just it was such a whoa. And I really understood this ego that keeps saying, just out there, there's just there. It doesn't mean I don't do things, because trust sure. me, I do things, but that drive, that emptiness, that that peace that says if I just grab that has that was something that transformed me amazingly. That was one of the big, one of the bigs amongst many things that I had these realizations that came across that just gave me such an inner contentment and an inner peace. And then when people say don't sweat the big stuff or the small stuff, like there's, it's just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's a, there's a huge chasm between Eastern and Western thought. In the oh, Western huge. world, we're always like, go, 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 more, 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 more. You know, make the make the make the meal bigger, have a bigger drink, do this. But in other cultures, that whole idea of even Zen Buddhism is that just watch the leaf fall to the water and understand that there doesn't have to be a magnanimous magnanimousness to it. Yes. You know, it can yeah. be the simplicity of just existing with something else that's alive, that has a cell structure that's moving around, you know, yeah. it doesn't have to be something. Um, but I think that's just kind of ingrained culturally and in where we are versus, you know, somewhere yeah. else like in India. 
for instance. Yeah. And- An interesting story on that. Um, I spent many days in, in Ramana Ashram and uh, you would sit in the ashram. And the, the, at that time, there was very few Western people that would come to this ashram. I mean, it was not an easy trek to travel and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the, the Indians that would come and they would prostrate in front of the um, uh, Ramana in, in his statue and stuff that's laying right down and give reverence spiritually. And they would lay down on the floor and stuff like that. And we would kind of sit there and it was like that. So I asked Swami Valiananda, I said, you know, we're not so spiritual, you know, like compared to when you see people, he says, oh, no, he says, you are the most spiritual. And I go, why? And he says, because they grew up as a, and I'm not dismissing this, but many grew up with it. And it just became an automatic physical thing. I lay down, I do this, but there was no real reverence to it. He says, only until the Western world moved away from that connection and then traveled all the way to come back is there a real reverence to what they're doing because they lost it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it goes with anything. Sometimes you don't know what you have until you lose it, you know? So just going back to what you said is, is having lost it and coming back to that and, and, and feeling it and seeing it, not even knowing it was that I'd lost it, you know, in a sense yeah. until yeah. I found it. It's like, how can you let that go? So yeah. there's this whole completeness that just comes into you that just, so to do anything else, it's not out of a need or it's not out of a desire per se. It's like, you're so full. It's yeah. just like, that's nice. So, yeah. Yeah. What's been the best advice you've ever gotten? Oh, gosh. What's the best advice? I, I, I can't say. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, or a good piece of advice. Oh, gosh, I've probably gotten so many of them. I can't, yeah. you know, or or words of wisdom. Like I said, Ganesha saying, you be the listener first. Yeah. Um, there's just been so many of it. So many yeah. little sayings that that just hit you like a bullseye. Yeah. You know, and they just kind of like, oh, and it changes your life. Uh-huh. Like it, you know, so I think on my journey and, and on my path that I've been walking, I think there's been a million of them. Yeah. You that's know, just, good, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good, that's a good thing to have for sure. So at the end of the day, everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Me. <laughs> okay. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Just me. I'm being right. me. My partner at times might think I'm, you know, God, you go on and on and on. And boy, you just want this done or whatever like that. And But no, um, just me. I'm just okay. me. Yeah. I like it. So if anyone out there wants to hire you, learn more about you, reach out to you, where's the best place to go? I have a website it's called epictransitions.ca. And that means empowering personal improvement and change. The focus I have right now is primarily for women and in relationships, because I'm a firm believer that what we do in our family and in our relationships spreads out into our community and how we are, because we are in a relationship with ourselves. And I love to take the teachings that I've had from India, where we have that 
profound relationship within ourselves, and then we can have a better relationship with others. I mean, when we're full inside of ourselves, we're not needing and taking from another. We're not, and when we know our mindset and everything else, we're not projecting our stuff on. And then we have kids, you know? So I think we start, you know, I guess a piece of advice is my first instructor um, in hypnosis is clean up your own house first before you start cleaning up the world. Yep. You know, sure. and when we can, and that starts with the relationship with ourselves, and then it expands to our family. So that's, I work with women with their relationships and take everything I've got in there and trying to lift them up because I think women have, women have children yeah. and children are their next generation, you know, and, and, and I'm a grandmother and we have grandchildren. And if we can really be that role model of a whole healthy, healed, and I don't mean we're unhealed, but complete person, authentically ourselves. Yeah. Man, can you imagine how much that could change the kids and the grandkids? Yeah. You yeah. know, like, can you imagine? And it's just like, wow. Yeah, That's- I get it. I totally get it. Melody, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. It's been very enlightening. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Have a great 2024. You too. Thank you so much. <laughs> you bet. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. <laughs>